fear. Remember that, brother. <laughs> well, yes, remember that, brother. <laughs> yes, we are live. Deep Space Nine at nine-ish. We are here again, season three, episode 25, Facets. We're almost through with this episode, this season. We got one more left, but we are here to talk about Dax because we have to. But uh, <laughs> it's really not about Dax. It's about, well, it is about Dax. It's not about Jed Zia, really. It's more about Dax. But we're going to get into that. Uh, let's bring in our co-hosts uh, first. I'm Jeff Mater, but first we have uh, my brother, Dave Mater. Let's bring him on in. Dave, how are you? Hello. I'm, uh, I'm ready to, uh, to talk about Starfleet's newest initiative, NOG. Who's going right, right for those rip ears, you know? So hey, yes. we're breaking it all down. And all of these past hosts, we finally get some more Jed's ear Dax where we find out the most interesting things about her, Jeff. Her past lives. But Not she really. was we also but we... she was also uh, the one who got back in. That makes her special. Sort of. I mean, I don't think we really learn a lot about Dax. I mean, we learn a ton about Dax, but we're gonna, really we're gonna, we'll get to it. Like, I, you know, it's it's confusing. It's two different. It's a lot of different people, but we'll get to that. Uh, all right, let's bring in Jamil Robinson. We have him here. Remember Jamil, that, you? brother. Arr, Remember yeah, that, brother. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know Rom, uh, Rom was uh, a Hulkamaniac. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I thought of. And if you ever do anything to hurt Nog again, I'll burn the bar to the ground. I'll put it down, brother. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of was a wrestling promo. It's so true. Uh, Okay, let's uh, also bring in, uh, we haven't had him in a few weeks, but we have him now. The tag team couple, Kevin and Ashley Millard. How are you guys? Not in the Matrix. Good. Yes, not in the Matrix. Nope. Uh, are you excited to talk about all things Jax, uh, Dax and not Jedzia? Um, we will not be talking about Dax tonight. We will be talking about all the previous hosts. <laughs> you don't learn anything about Dax in this episode. It's all about the previous hosts. First Another time. hour at most. True. Is Dax its own personality before it went into Leela? Presumably, yes. <laughs> or Lula, whatever the first one. The Dax has a, a unique personality upon itself, and that's the part that this show never really fully explores, although... I feel like the a little bit the little bit of discovery that we did get with with Trills uh, in season three. I think they did a little bit more to explore this than maybe D Space Nine did. The in discovery, you mean? Yep. Yeah, in discovery. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay, but we're not here to talk about discovery. That's a different podcast for a different time, Dave. Kind of like Babylon it's all connected, Jeff. We, we're, we're allowed to reference it. It's not Wait. like it's Babylon Five. Oh God. Um, I, okay. I better hope that there's um. Uh, a reference to specific numbers. I think Dave asked for it. Okay, so this episode is called. Um, <laughs> it, oh, it's forty-seven. Yeah, I'm sure there was a reference. Probably. Yeah. He's uh, looking probably. for it. Now. <laughs> I was not painting. I was not looking for it. That's for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if there was. Uh, okay, so this. Okay, so facets. The name of this episode. Um, so I looked up the definition of facet. It's basically, you know, multi a- um, aspects of one thing, you know, like a, like a diamond and has many different sides, right? So that makes a lot of sense for, for what we're talking about here with Dax and all the different but, And Nog! This story is also a Nog story. Okay, so what are the different facets and aspects of Nog's life? Is it the, the Ferengi versus the Starfleet mantras that we see kind of going at each other here between Nog and uh, Cork? Yeah, because Quark, Quark's playing this role of the disapproving uh, father, even though he's the uncle, 
in this situation, but he's the dominant, he's like the elder male of their family. And, and also he owns the bar and is their employer. So he has a, like more of a position of authority over the rest of over Ram and Nog, you know, historically. Um, although they're, you know, they're going for it. And, uh, you know, we see the quark is going to even get involved here. He really doesn't like it. Uh, he knows enough to stay out of Starfleet. Well, we also see, okay. So we start episode with nog you know doing you know they don't tell us right away but he's in a shuttlecraft and he's it's basically a training program that he needs to get really good at in order to make it into the starfleet academy yeah and he's obsessing over it no matter yeah you know he has to get it right he's just going jake's interrupting him jeff well no get out of here jake i'm in the middle of a simulation i was getting to that yeah so this is actually kind of one of my favorite things because you know like this is how like their setup is it's just a green screen and they have the set of the shuttlecraft so i loved the i don't think they've ever done this before where they have somebody standing outside of okay. in space and just go like hey man you know i feel like voyager <laughs> has probably done it at this point um or you know because their their season one is going on at the same time that this is but wait a second so like if you're outside in space in a hollow deck there's error it's not a vacuum in like in a. <laughs> You're like, not gonna die on the holodeck by leaving the shuttle. I guess if they turn off the safeties, if they turn off the safeties, it would become a real vacuum. But I don't even know how that would work. So, <laughs> right. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I like that moment where, yeah, where Jake's just like, "Dude, like you were supposed to meet me half an hour ago," and it's because he's been obsessing over this program. I said, like, "Get out of here." <laughs> he said, "Get out of here." He's he's got to figure this out. Uh, what do you guys make of this whole first scene? Jamil, I liked it. Dave, Dave. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I said I like. He likes said, it a lot. It was before he said the Jamil part. <laughs> well, this is my show, Jamil. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I liked it. I I would have liked it a lot more, but someone stole what I was going to say. So. <laughs> okay, like, Kevin, like, Kevin and Ashley, go. <laughs> I, I like this scene and I like it for the exact reason that you stated already, Jeff, that it's it's jarring actually when you see Jake outside of the shuttlecraft. It's yeah. uh it's pretty neat. Yeah. And I don't I don't think Voyager really does this. I don't recall it in Voyager. They're not as memorable. Um, but, okay, so uh yeah, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Dave? I know you're yeah. holding back. What do you got? What do you got? I got What do you want to know about? Okay, so after they leave the holodeck and we get the little scene with like basically Quark kind of telling him there's no profit in this and what are you doing? And do you like all the, all the, the multifaceted arguments that Quark there's no profit making? in that? In, 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 yeah, okay, here. I have a counter argument. I think that there is an obvious profit uh, motive even for Nog to join Starfleet because even though. They don't pay you to be in Starfleet. The skills and experience he will gain, especially as the first Ferengi in Starfleet, be, are makes him almost priceless. And his career potentials at post uh, his Starfleet career should, you know, because when you join Starfleet, you don't have to join till the day you die. It's presumably that, you know, one day you might get out of the service like Spock and do another career afterwards. So right. the, the, I compare it to Dave, though. I compare it to like, imagine like, being a Rockefeller and your son is like, I'm going to go join the military. You know, he's like, what? what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like that's kind of, 
that that's it, that's kind of like what I get from it. You know? Well, it's more like, like you're a maybe it's more like you're a Rockefeller and you're like I'm going to join like the uh, the Japanese fighter pilot squadron and I'm going to you know it's like well that's <laughs> not very pr practical when you come back to run the Rockefellers right. or whatever but you know that's cool that you'll know how to write fly a fighter jet for another country or something. Um, it's not it, that I think that there's just like that disconnect and I think that also Quark like we saw later that Quark a lot of it seems to be rooted in his fear for Nog's safety because Starfleet's a dangerous job. He, Quark has seen this firsthand. He, he's literally across the hall from the infirmary where yeah, definitely people the, die. And the security office. And the <laughs> yes. security office for that matter. And, yeah. and Odo's on the station too. So if they happen to be walking side by side, <laughs> That's you it. know, who knows what could happen? <laughs> okay. So we also get the great lines, but maybe one of my favorite parts of this episode when Cork says, Why don't you be more like Jake and become a writer? And he's like, And Nog says, Wow, what do you mean? There's no profit in writing. He's like, Actually, if you write sexy hollow suite programs, <laughs> there's a lot of profit in that. And I love Jake's reaction. He's like, I bet there is. I, you know, bet, I bet. Yeah. I love that Quark tries to get the station commander's son to write porn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, there's a lot of money in this. Legal. And he's like, I'm and even going to bankroll yeah, it. I'll bankroll it. <laughs> I'll bankroll it. You don't join Starfleet. And then they're like, no. He's like, fine. All right. Fine. Porn. Join Starfleet. Don't join yeah, Starfleet. Make porn. <laughs> Well, I I don't understand. Like, why does Starfleet want the lousiest stock boy in the uh, in the Alpha Quadrant? You make a lousy stock boy. Uh, he doesn't make a good stock boy because he's meant to be a Starfleet officer. There you go. I guess you know it's. Oh uh, well, that's not true. We learn later on that he's fantastic at stacking chairs behind a bar. That's true. That's right. But he's just a terrible stock boy because he doesn't care. It's not yeah. what he wants to do with his does life. Not does not motivated. Right. That's no that's no excuse for a Rangi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, okay, Jeff. We got to get to the Jintara though. We got to get to talk about this trill this trill business. Well, actually, I, we have to talk about something else first. <laughs> this is the first confirmation that we get of Bashir and Lita are dating. We have a scene with Odo and Bashir walking through the hall before we get to the boardroom to talk about this Jintara thing. Um, yeah. So, what do you guys make of this? She's too good for him. How do you think Nana Visitor felt about this? <laughs> They're not married anymore. So maybe not good. I mean, at the time. She's just yeah. <laughs> at the time, not now. Like... Yeah. Okay, so um, she's Bajoran. She has red hair. <laughs> yeah, a taller Nana Visitor. Yeah. More flexible, it seems. Yeah, and they even make a, a point in this episode. She's like, "Thank you for this great body," <laughs> like the the, the one post <laughs> is. So they, they they do make points of it. And the this, Kira, this scene right here, though, yeah, this this made me laugh because Jadzia says, "You're the seven people I'm the closest to on the station." Yeah, Lita. Yes. Lita. Lita. Lita has only had <laughs> one other scene before this. We've barely been introduced to her by this point. We know her name and that I think Bashir wants her to cough um, or something like that. Yeah. Where is that? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Cough for me. Um, and then he got her a Fernelli and Toddy, very hot, and now they're... they're Bring me a Fernelli and Toddy. Very hot. <laughs> who, who, is, who should be there instead of Lita? Rom? Like who? Who does no. Dax feel better on the station 
than Lipa. That's my question. Like, why, well, know, Jake, think, Jake is the principal Jake. not included. Yeah. So, well, so what about that guy with the clear skull? He's underage. True. To do what? Be a, like a host to a one of his one of these past hosts? Maybe yeah. maybe a consent thing. Like he like he like was talking like I need another woman, or she told she was like Bashir, I need you to meet me, and he's like, okay, but Lita has to come, and she's like, fine, I need another woman anyway. I guess there's right. no one else. I don't know who else there would be. Um, I think I think I think Ellington. You just invited the Pierce girl. Yeah, where's Eddington? Where's Michael Eddington? He hasn't been on the no. show in a while. She's not close to him. Fuck him. <laughs> yes. Yes. My lucky loony. Okay, so we we find out what the Jintara is. Basically, Dax wants everybody to connect with this thing called a guardian, who's a trill, and basically takes her memories from her brain and puts it into one of their brains, and then they become that person for a temporary amount of time. And that's called the Jintara because that's one of the words. Jintara. Well, What's that? Well, he's, right. I just explained it, Cork. You don't. Well, I was only going to ever give you these at once, and we're already into it. I was like, oh, shoot, I should have told you. I had that. This is the is problem that, with your sound. Sound. Yeah. Sometimes they. They're, yeah. <laughs> I don't one know what's on your soundboard. <laughs> no. No, we don't know. That's how it goes. I. It's. It's a mystery. Keep going. Okay. You were doing great. No, I thought so. <laughs> uh, uh, um, okay. <laughs> we we have the Jintara. That, yeah, so I just explained what it is. Um, the only person with reservations is Quark, which, which I find, which I find um, interesting about his character. Like, you want me to lend my body to some dead person? I believe was his uh, how he summed it up. And then Dax kind of plays dirty pool. I mean, or Zia does. She he plays a little basically dirty grabs pool. his dick in front of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she grabs the stick in front of everyone and says, I really want you to do this. I think it'll make us closer. It's not his actual dick, but yeah, it's close. <laughs> I guess, it, you know, yeah. She um, gave him Umox in front of everyone. Yeah. No shame. Cisco looks and starts nodding in approval. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? Yeah. yeah he he kind of goes, yes. Yes, Jadzia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it is in my head. That's what he's thinking. This is exactly what pretty girl, Chadzia. Very oh, okay. pretty. Can we talk? <laughs> can we talk about some of the acts? Joanne. Yeah. Yes. Um. First of all, okay. <laughs> we have to get to this scene first, but the accents of, especially with Kira and Cisco, are are really interesting. Like. Like yeah, I think we have to. Let's go through all seven people. of them. But we'll go through in the order that they're presented. Okay. Yeah, but but let's go. Let's talk about this scene with Nog and O'Brien. <laughs> just okay. Screw with you now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, just try. Okay, so he's basically saying to O'Brien, saying to Nog, "We have to take this one day at a time. You can't, you can't complete all this work in one, you know, a couple hours." You know, I know how bad you want this, but it's... Even Wesley Crusher. Basically. I knew Wesley Crusher on the Enterprise, and he couldn't fast-track like this, Nog, and you're no Wesley Crusher. Is that what you think, what you, is that what you think he thinks? I think a little bit. Because O'Brien says at the end... Yeah. As soon as that kid graduates from the Academy, I'm going to have to call him Sir. <laughs> right. And so I guess maybe like he's like, I, I got 
for now, I have the upper hand on this. <laughs> but one day, he's going to be ordering me around because I'm just a chief petty officer. Well, and then O'Brien goes back to become a, a professor at the end. So ultimately, he becomes a teacher at the Academy of the Cadets. So he would. this is presumably what he did in his later years. Outside of right, okay, the galaxy so, a multitude of times. So that's a... Yes, yes of uh, course. And that's, so that's a nice foreshadowing, actually, Dave, of... We actually get a little, a lot of that in this episode, and some of it unintentionally. Uh, okay, so, okay, so these Jantara, there's preparations to be made. There's, there, you know, people need to go into a room and light a candle, and this guy needs to do this. Weird do you want to hear the trail language? It's quite interesting. Sure, I, I, I'm sure you have assembly. I know Rajakala ducks. Janshi Lilatanus Rem Ganda Jadziator Jadzia Jantara Bak Tu Dax Jantanires Janpa Lila Garu Coach. on what I was supposed to get from that. Yeah. It's, it sounds kind of like Hindi. It's, it's it, to me. It's like they're speaking in tongues, you know, like how some of those religious people in the states. Yeah, like Caesar's. It sounds like Jar Jar Binks's um, language. <laughs> it does. Right. Gongar. It's like this weird. It's like what is going on here? Because I think even for the first time I watched it, it this this plays like a kind of magic, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like it's not real. Like, yeah, like is he actually transferring like energy? Is Why are the words on? necessary? Like, it's well, it seems like you know what? I feel like I'm watching an episode of Supernatural when this is going on. Or like, Babylon you know, five? you got Dean and Sam, they're Babylon five would never do anything this hokey. They were real serious about their spiritual and mystic things. Okay. And that's why um, nobody watched it. <laughs> Yeah, they were very serious. I watched um, it. <laughs> okay, so we get the first host, Layla or Lila, uh, played by her, her? Kira. Or no, Kira. No, Lila. 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 Yes, and she she's where she gets putting the hands behind her back. Because she used to be very handsy and would point at things, and she had to control that. So that's why Jadzia never seems to act with her hands. <laughs> it's always very stern, very, <laughs> you know, that's Jadzia. Yeah. Because of Leela. And this so whole first scene. To, sorry. Sorry. We just, we start to learn that everything we know about Jadzia, nothing to do with Jadzia. Uh, you know, that's what I get. Some of it. No, I think some of it, like, but we find out, yeah, that she didn't like become a Klingon martial artist until after. And there's certain things like, but there were certain things that she did on her own. She had her, her scientific degrees. She had, uh, she was this one who got dropped out of the program and she came back. She, which was apparently in her, but she got back. Yeah. Dave, these are accomplishments, not personality traits. <laughs> well, <laughs> We don't know how promiscuous she was or wasn't before. Uh, we don't know because she, we, her family never comes into the show, so we don't know. We don't. We, yeah, we, we, right. we don't get any frame of reference. We never meet a character who knew Jed's ear before. Yeah. Other than Curzon. 
Uh, Curzon's the only one. Well, but she's obviously not someone who gives up because she washed out of the program and then came back and reapplied. So that's a personality trait. She's a she's a fighter. She's got a strong will. She's very persistent. Okay, I'll give her that. I'll give her that. Um, and but she and we also learned in this episode that she doesn't take criticism or doubt well. Like this whole episode is kind of about Curzon doubting her and not believing she was worthy basically right yeah right and, and so that's kind of those are two things i guess we do learn about jedzia in this episode that right. are different but for the most think- part like a lot of her actions and a lot of the things that we learn about these other hosts see you know aren't nothing to do with jedzia or dax like you mentioned ashley so right. well, it is really- interesting they really try to make these hosts different from one another, or try to make them distinct, you know, and I think they do a pretty good job, like that they're all, they were all unique individuals, but they're all Dax. And I guess what the one thing we don't really, that this episode doesn't do a good job of is like, what is the common thread of Dax? I feel like that's what they did do better in Discovery with, with, the, um, with, with the tall character. Or, or what is the criteria for joining? Because all of these characters are so different. That's kind and of the none point. They're not really that impressive. Like they don't seem like they're that impressive. They're all like neurotic and quirky and weird. Like Joran. Well, yeah. Let's move. Let's move what about O'Brien? Tobin. Yeah, let's move on to Tobin, yeah. who is played by O'Brien, who's biting his nails constantly. I guess says sorry knows. every two seconds. He's basically Canadian. You know, he's kind of sorry. Uh, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. He, he's very nervous in the service. I guess is the best way to, to describe him. And, and so, sorry, <laughs> right? Sorry, uh, but he's smart. He's very smart, and and he's uh, you know so he's kind of like the manic genius, I would say of of the host. What do you guys make of Tobin? I would agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah, that seems to be what he is. Uh, that's how he's he's kind of like the bookworm nerd shy version. But you know, it would have been interesting to know what how Tobin was changed by. Leela, you know, all of that past experience from Leela and Dax coming into him when he was joined. Um, but being so early, you know, that's kind of like, that's the other thing that I would have liked more from like the Kira scene with, with explaining like, I was the first host, so Dax was a blank slate. Or I was the first host and the Dax symbiote already had a disposition for this or that or whatever. Like what, yeah. how, what, what, was, um, what was that joining like? Because that's sort of left ambiguous. I do think they spend too much time on the Curzon stuff. I like it, but I do, I wish we got a little bit more of like yeah the Leela backstory like you're mentioning, Dave. Or it's like a, I think it's like a 15 second scene where he, he says sorry about 15 times. So, yeah, like, you know, we gotta so. like rip through these hosts like really like the, especially the first four or five like they're really quick. Yeah, right. So then we get Lita, not to be confused with Leela. Uh, and she is joined with who? Who's her? Emony. She's Emony. Emony. Okay. And she's uh, the like acrobat that kind of gymnast. Cirque du Soleil. Cirque du Soleil. She banged McCoy. <laughs> oh, she did. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. He when he was just a med student at Old Miss, he had the hands of a surgeon. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> then we get the 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 scene with Cork, which really great because as we had Umak being given to Quark earlier in the season Jadzia gets her hair brushed by Quark who is what's what's his uh Audred what's the uh, right behind the day I gave birth to my first child like 
holding a baby in your breast. He yes, he didn't realize that was a uh, a like a now, female name. Audrey. So that this justifies the umox in Jedzia's mind because the humiliation Quark goes through by having to like brush her hair and say sit down and feel better about yourself. And it was like this nurturing mo mother type who was apparently the head of the symbiosis commission as well. Um, uh, yeah, like Quark has to kind of go through that for quite a while. How much longer am I going to have to do this? These these sound. There's a lot of these sounds, Dave. <laughs> I'm not even done. <laughs> Jeff, you're really <laughs> popping them off. Uh, <laughs> are you to, when you stop doing that, it's very from, distracting. Good, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, okay, what was about to uh, mention? Because it's throwing me off, Dave. I had a thought. <laughs> <laughs> How much longer am I going to have to do this? I, I, you guys, you guys are completely off track right now. Both of you, like, out of sync. Okay, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, sorry, I'll, re I'll, I'll play less sads. Uh, Maybe. I have Maybe. <laughs> okay. Did you feel like we got a moogie vibe from Quark here? Moogie. <laughs> Well, how do I, that was, how do I, how do that was I a cue for you to play the boogie. 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 It's a motherly vibe, but not moogie. No, she's not as motherly. She's That's more true. like Quark normally. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It, so maybe um, Quark's more, more like Quark's dad. <laughs> Quark's dad was yeah. more like Rom, apparently. It was more like Rom. And just um, like Quark's dad disappears shortly after. Okay, my favorite was actually Bashir's Tarius. I had a level it up. I had. What did you make this. of Tarius, Jamil? Um, should there not be like warning bells for Bashir that this other person took over his body? That <laughs> like, like especially with what we learn about Bashir as well, and that never came up. Don't you think it should have? Just like did how you? it came up with Odo. Oh well, yeah, Odo was different though. Odo was a shapeshifter, so like the the th whatever they did, like the the what's it called, the Jintara, the it affected Odo differently than. But we did see though, Jeff, that Lita was affected. Like obviously, Lita was the host for Emony, and she's like, "Oh, this body's amazing." So in theory, Bashir's genetically enhanced body would be different from the body that whoever Bashir is with. Like, that would have been cool if they had shown like Bashir, like they didn't reveal it, but like. Bashir was like, yeah, like hitting the dart triple 20 every single time or something. Like or maybe that. there's some like kind of an arrangement between the two of them where like, I don't know, like we don't see if like the host talks to the, the, the consciousness really or the memories, but we saw that Quark was able to say, hey, I want to say something. So he yes, was like, obviously they can hear what the what the body is thinking. Yeah. Like, so there's some kind of there's some kind of dialogue there. No, but yeah. shouldn't shouldn't also Dax be able to absorb some of the information or the memories of that meeting yes because she does remember what it was like for Curzon to be a shapeshifter but that was that was because it was different for Curzon and Odo because yeah. he was a shapeshifter they melded it wasn't the one oh, mind taking over the other they melded into like a Curzon Odo into a Tuvix yes into, yeah justice for for Tuvix Curzodo Kurzodo. Kurzodo voluntarily separated and they were both fine. Odo's on. They were shamed into separation. For Kurzdo. Lee, 
Leela says that the her last memory is talking to Curzon at his Jantara. Right. So that would mean that they do retain the memories from being in the bodies. Yes. Ooh. They retain their own memories, maybe not the host's memories. Right. But they yeah, would. Re- but the the one that's in Bashir would remember the body and yeah, the, that's true, and the the genetic enhancements. Ooh. Well, maybe not. You might not might not know it's genetically enhanced. Just it's superior. Kind of like Lita said. Oh, this is yeah, a great maybe body. Might have just time he's ever been in a human and just thinks that. How human bodies it's are. like humans rock man oh, this is great it doesn't yeah. find it anything special so it doesn't go in like and, it's not okay. a memory he holds on to i can buy I it. think it's important to, they didn't know yet that's why i think it's important to mention also with bashir the things that he is talking about as tarias he's like yeah oh, i need to enjoy the finer things in life and he, he says the like, uh, simple pleasures life's too simple short pleasures. to deprive yourself of the simple pleasures as he puts his hand over a flame. Well, you should tell your friend to live a little. 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 He plays it. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of doing a Sean Connery thing, you know, like, uh, at least in my head. He is. Okay. So let's get to kind of like the middle part of this episode, which is um, the whole Duran drama, which they Duran. mentioned in the first scene. But I, yes, I kind of left it for now because there's a bunch we need to talk Joran is the evil host the the discovered in was that in this season was that the begin? that was the beginning of this season season three right uh the equilibrium episode remember how long that was seems like so long ago that we talked about that but that was uh the Joran was only set up this season that storyline yep. so con- i do think that like every time we get a, a jedzia episode i i often really think about the the difference between her and Kira on the show, because Kira, the station is right beside her homeworld. We get a lot of Bajoran stories, interactions with the Bajorans. Every time we get a, a Dax episode, it's like somebody's one person has come from very far away to come here to do a ritual to explain everything. And then that's gone for another 10 episodes and then we'll do it again. You know, that that's kind of like, I can't help but compare the two characters. I don't know. Do you guys feel the same way? So she's basically bulky from Perfect Strangers. Right. Like basically, so, da, like, da 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 da. Do the dance of joy. Um, like during sweep season, someone will come from the old country and disrupt <laughs> things, and they'll have an episode of wackiness, and then it'll just go back to normal. Like the person won't stay. There's no like lingering, you know, elements. It just goes back to Larry Appleton and Bulk. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Uh, okay, so let's get into this Duran stuff. Okay, so first of all, Cisco's the one that's going to do Duran because Dax trusts Cisco the most to do this. And this is the most dangerous. Most dangerous. So they put him into a cell, like uh, in Odo's back of Odo's office, and then they just leave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which very, why? very private, very private meeting. Why this one could have been supervised? I feel like it would have been okay. Or think, you know, have his arms wrapped, been... <laughs> you know? or skip it entirely, like they did with every other host. Yeah, it gets a lot of play. Okay, but uh, what yeah, do you guys think? Would be the first one to go through the Jantara with Joran. Yeah. Yes, because Curzon didn't have it because it was suppressed when Curzon. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so the the dialogue though between Cisco as Duran and Dax is really good. I really enjoy mm-hmm. 
this scene? Do you guys like Kevin and Ashley? Like, what stands out to you in some of the things that he says to her in this scene? Well, just his remember? manipulation. He tries to tear her her confidence down immediately, yep, and to get her to let him go, which is a good a good good timing for him to be doing it too, because she's got Curzon coming up next, because she's already nervous about meeting. So it just makes yes. that meeting that much worse. I I enjoyed Avery Brooks's acting, oh, like yeah. just over the topness of this scene. It was it's a fun scene to watch. Yeah, no, for sure, J Jamia. Like, what kind of stands out for you in this scene? Like, is it a is do you think it, it is? Do you think it stands out over the Curzon stuff? Like for me, I kind of like like I'd rather watch this some this scene because it is shorter and we get more we more explained with the Curzon stuff. I'm kind of more interested in the Joran stuff. Do, do you do you like the length of this? Because honestly, like stuff like this kind of makes me angry when like everything has to be so episodic, especially portions like this. Mm. How interesting would it be if this took place over the course of two episodes and yeah. this part was leading up to the the cliffhanger of the first episode, right? You would have to have a stronger B storyline, right? But mm -hmm. at the same time, it's interesting to see what happens if Jiran cannot leave Cisco, right? Yeah. What happens? And let's say there's an emergency and they need his override codes or something. There you go. I just I just wrote the 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 end of the episode leading into the two-parter. Right? Yeah. Um it just seems interesting. I would feel. Um, I, I I felt that uh, when Cisco was performing, it wasn't like Cisco playing something. It, it seemed like a brand new character altogether, uh, which is what I enjoy. Like Avery Brooks is a weird dude, and like you can see in his he is, right? but you can see in his performances, it's it's interesting how he approaches things and that's one of the awesome things that you get from such a weird guy, right? His approaches to characters. It's like if um, O'Brien was playing this, I, I feel it would be a little hammy, mm -hmm. um, but this works. Sorry. Yeah. I always, I've always wished this was a little longer. There was a little more with the Duran. Cause even the, the one in the seventh season with, with um, Esri is good. It's one of the better episodes but, with her. So I like the Duran thing. I think all those Durans are so different. Like the one we meet, like the, the backstory we get in this Equilibrium episode uh, earlier in season three in Equilibrium. And now this version, which is a very maniacal version, which when we last saw Duran, it seemed like Jadzia had made peace with the Duran part of her past, uh, of the Dax past, but that seems not to be the case. Um, I think they just wanted to do something really intense and scary and let Avery Brooks do a, like yeah. he's a professor of acting, man. Um, Bang it's good to see you again, John Zia. Sorry, you what? should have just had an all Duran episode and call it Duran Duran. Banging his head against the force field. Uh, he only does that once. He was telling me, now, like, I'm not, I'm listen, listen to this one. Tell me if you've been practicing your music. Tell me, have you been practicing your music? Is that creepy or what? Oh yeah, you know he went full creep. Like, and then he goes basically Hannibal Lecter in this scene. Yeah, Dude, and, yeah, and, yeah. He was like doing. He's like, I, that Anthony Hopkins has got nothing on me. Yeah, yeah. Think yeah, of me when you play. Sometimes I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> 
And um, then, of oh. course. Okay, so, so on this scene, uh, yeah, Dave, we got... Well, the, and then, like, then I replay Cisco, thanks to Gia for not breaking any bones. Once, like, I love the moment where, like, she thinks it's Cisco and then he just grabs her throat <laughs> with one hand and she's like, I can't get away. Nobody's going to grab you with one hand around the neck and you Klingon can't step arts. back. Yeah, especially <laughs> since she knows Klingon martial arts. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're to show it off. <laughs> I had that as a. Oh, wait. He's looking for it. I did, I did pull it. Good thing you guys brought that up because I did pull it, but I didn't put it in the board. I'm an expert in Klingon martial arts. There we go. <laughs> Jeff, you just got to leave a little bit of runway for him to just take off with the line. You're a very pretty, pretty girl. Tatsia. This one's going to get so muted so much, dude. Yeah, the problem with this is we don't know when the sounds are coming and when they end. So it's hard to know when to start talking. And then he'll I know. I know. Like, Camille wasn't even done talking there. And you started playing, Jatia is so pretty. You know, so, so. I know. It's a little distracting. Will you stop doing that? It's very distracting. <laughs> you can't you. help yourself. Uh, okay. We get the scene. We get the scene next with Rom and Korg. Rom brings in um, uh, a, a uh, cadet uniform that he just had made by Garrick, who we don't see in this episode, but he's mentioned, uh, and for five shirts of latinum. And Quark tells him uh, that's a waste of time, and he's going to get a uniform anyway once he gets into the academy. So, like, what are you doing? He's like, well, then you have to. Yeah, you didn't know? know he was having suspicious looks. He had this because he's like, now Rom's wasting his money on that, and I've already yes. sabotaged Nog. Right, yeah. right. So he's like, "This isn't working out for me." Uh, my favorite part of this scene—I I don't know if you guys noticed this—but it's it's Morn. <laughs> it's Morn and the lady that he's sitting next to. And there's something going on there. Yeah, was... they're talking to each other. And then there's this other guy that that that, that steps up and it looks over and sees the uniform. Uh, it, I, I'm so distracted by the background. In this episode, in this scene, like, I don't know why, but Morn and the guy, the other guy, they're talking to each other, but there's no talking. They're just going like this. <laughs> Isn't it like I a scene it. from like Community, where it's like in the background they have like an entire like storyline that you don't, if you pay attention to, like you see it happening. You're like, oh, Abid just, uh, you know, um, you know, gave birth, not or um, helped someone give birth in the background and it's not never going to get brought up never this okay so then Warren we had the c storyline yeah he did more, <laughs> more had the, yeah, the z storyline um okay so then we have a little scene here with cisco and um dax walking after the duran incident and they're kind of talking about like okay curzon's coming up this is the big one you know uh, and, and they also talk about a little bit about Joran, and they were talking about, but they mainly talk about Curzon. Like, did you deserve this? All this doubt comes into Jadzia's mind of like, why did he, she get rejected? And you know, what was it? What did Curzon have against her? That's kind of the main. Why doesn't she know? It's a good question because she, she has Curzon's memories at this point. She should know already. Didn't Curzon? So did Curzon suppress them? Was it not clear? That's like, that's the part of the the, the logic in the story that. It falls apart for me a little bit because if she 
yeah, if it's suppressed, then that's not quite explained that it's unsuppressed now or it's been like sort of resolved. Um, although like, I think that this is interesting where, you know, you were joined at the time and then now that the, the, the future host is someone you already had a relationship with or, or you know, sort of what that does, like ha having the memories of both sides of a conversation, I think would be kind of weird. That's true. It could like not overlap. Um, do you think Jedzia values Curzon's opinion over all the other hosts? Like, it's like he's the most important, or are they equal? Like, what do you guys make of? Like, I feel like she puts the most importance on him. I know the show is as well, but do you think she does? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And she knew him, and also he was like a legend at the time that she was going through this whole situation. So. Like you can't help but be an admiration of a a living, breathing legend, as opposed to um, people who you've read about in like a past tense, right? It you 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 don't really see the the shine that's there. It's in a it's 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 in a book. It's flat. It's it's two dimensional. And you see this three dimensional icon at that point, especially among the um, trills. The Curzon had like a wide um like set of memories and was in such high regard of course you know she would put his opinion over anything okay so we get the scene here where the guardian puts the curzon's memories you know we do that whole ritual and we get this version of odo and the first thing that occurs is you know what jedzia i'm not gonna she's not gonna ask the big question she wants to ask no, Curzon slash Odo is going to go get drunk with Cisco at Quarks. That's yeah. the plan. And this is also part me, part like where it loses me. Like, you know, it's like, if that's like, they just had a conversation about how important this is to Jedzia. And the first thing is, you know what, Jedzia? I don't want to talk to you. I want to go get drunk. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's basically. I think that explains Curzon's um, personality. Mm -hmm. like he's avoiding it not just avoiding it but he wanted to, he's now on the station with his best friend that he hasn't had an actual conversation with in years and he can go and see him and just mm -hmm. he just he wants to do his own thing and fuck everyone else yep <laughs> exactly right. that Jadzia should my point is why doesn't Jadzia care a lot like right at the beginning like she like if I was like I really had this big question that I needed to ask to this person. The person appears and then he's like, you know what? I'm, I don't want to talk to you. I think she Basically. does care. I think she's too timid to say anything to him. And okay. he was literally it was his job to literally judge her too. Yeah. So that you'll have that that kind of yeah. dynamic between them. At, anyway. at, at the same time, she also understands the connection she has to Cisco, right? And it's like. Yeah. You know, how often do you have your your host or your memories come to life and be able to like she knows that Cisco cares about him as well. So this is the, the few moments that they can have together before who knows what could happen. So, yeah. OK, fair enough. But uh, I think we're like buried in the lead here. I want everybody while the picture is still up to just imagine the rest of this series. Yes. With that hair. <laughs> better. I, I actually. I was going to mention that, Kevin, because, you know, we're going to get to the plot part of the plot where Curzon and Odo want to stay together. And yeah. I 
like watching it, I was like, if we were watching this for this for the first time, I would not be surprised if they had made this permanent because Odo's kind of a wet blanket of a character, <laughs> and he's fun like in certain ways, but like he doesn't have a ton of dimension. And as an actor, I would imagine Rene Aubergenois would have way more fun playing this version of Odo than you know playing the, the version he d- does play. You know, what do you guys think of that? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's Avery. Like, we like, talked a lot about Avery Brooks's performance, but Renee, his performance is incredible in this too. That's right. I'm not even attempting his name. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I just love that um, pause. Aubergenois. I think yes. Yeah. Aubergenois. I I do think that this version of oh you could still get get all the odo stuff that we get later on and if they kept this version of curzon in the body i think it would have been fun but it would have been like taking a part of jedzia away which is the whole point of this episode and so it could have been it could have been at least a part of a two-part at the b story of a two-part episode where Duran takes over the station Yes, thank you. (laughs) And then then Jay Z and Curzon have to uh, stop him. Oh, (laughs) I would love that. I have no time for fantasies. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dave. Good job about that. Jeff, you're telling me you would not want to see that? No imagination, indeed. No, I wouldn't. (laughs) Sorry. That would be a I wonder se- se- a season finale. Yeah. I wonder if we get into like fun facts, like if if that w- if there was an idea to maybe make this longer or or yeah stretch this out because like I said, I think Jetsia gets robbed from the writers. Like she, she they don't have confidence. Episode in of her. hers is like a it, yeah they don't have confidence in her story. It's not the actress. I don't think it's the it's the. Character. It is the it's actress. The, I don't think they believe in her, right? To like have depth really? in her performance because I think they thought of her as more of a model who they were going to give lines to, which is kind of true. That she wasn't like a she wasn't like a super accomplished actor. She got better. She learned on the job. They, I think, she was partly brought in for a, a certain look they wanted to go for. But Eddington uh, gets a ton of uh, runway next season, right? But she's the model, right? Okay. Yeah. All right, Javier. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe you're right, Dave. Like, maybe it was just a confidence actress, but I, I think it has a little bit to do with the character and how I think for the layman um, viewer, watching this character that has like nine different personalities put into one and try to fit that into a 40 minute, two, two minute episode is very difficult to. Uh, Get everyone like to understand. Like everyone understands Kira, right? She's she she was in the occupation. She was a resistance fighter. It's very straightforward. Dax's story is so much different. Like, and I do think maybe a part of it is how much they really need to explain about who she is. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. You know, it's like she's um like the they do a lot with the backstory, but it's kind of like a Doctor Who kind of character with all like these these lifetimes of backstory. But the Jed Zia personality is is we don't we have no context. We there's nothing. It's to it's me empty. a good comparison for this is the movie Split. If you movie and they talked about like there was like eleven different personalities or something like that, but the majority of the lines are delivered only with three or four personalities, 
Okay. That there's a reason for that. People get confused. They even said that when they were writing, like M. Night Shyamalan was writing that movie. He's like, if I gave you like all the care, all the different characters, you get confused at a certain point. Like, you know who they are, sure, but understanding their motivations and all these different things is difficult to comprise into one episode, you know? And, and so that's why we only get that short Duran scene. That's why we only get, you know, uh, Tarius, you know, for two seconds putting his hand over the fire or Tobin telling him we're sorry for about 10 seconds because they can't do it, you know? That's that's how I look at it. I don't know. Sorry. Maybe if they had done a two-part episode, they could have fit it. It's the only uh, explanation! Okay, so gonna... True. Uh, okay, so then we kind of get into the whole Curzon stuff, uh, which if we get the first confrontation of Jedzia walking into Odo slash Curzon's office here and kind of just saying, like, I need to know, like, why you rejected me, right? And he doesn't really answer her right away, correct? He changes correct. the subject immediately, what? to be more exact, yes. He changes, he deflects, he, he, he changes the subject. And, and she doesn't really, like you said, Kevin, it's a great point. Her His job was to judge her. And that's a tough position for the person who was judged to be like, why did you judge me in this way? You know, it's a tough question to ask. And, and it's the majority of this episode. It's what we deal with. And he says, I felt sorry for you. <laughs> did he? Well, he no. Says he, he, he says he finds out later that he says he was in love with her. But he yeah, was he watched sorry. her out of the program because he was in love with her. Did he also pull her pigtails and push her down in the dirt? Like, I hate this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't like it either. Like, uh, and I don't like it's the majority of the episode. Be I like Curzon. Like, I understand. But the motivation explanation yeah. with Jedzia is not my favorite. Dave, what do you make of it? Well, I, I, I thought that the Curzon thing was interesting. I think Cur the legend of Curzon for these three seasons has been set up quite a bit. And, um, you know, I think we get this payoff here in Rene Vergenois' performance. And I think it was a smart thing to pair them up. I think it was a good... I thought that, like, the ending of this story and what they what Dax, what Jedzia and Odo get out of this whole thing is, is really strong. I think that mm -hmm. their final scene is really good and poignant and has a nice stamp on the end of the episode. Um, and, um, and, and there's a lot of good themes explored here. I think they do a good job in this episode. Mostly, yes. you know, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a, this whole storyline with Nog plus there's this whole thing with Dax, but yeah, like, I, I think that there, there's things still about Jedzia we don't know and there's problems, but overall I, I was really happy with what they did with Curzon. I felt, I felt like I was watching Loki again. What do you mean, Jamil? You know what I mean. Okay. So you know what I mean, Jeff. You know what I out, mean. Check out our podcast from Saturday where we talked about Loki. You know what I mean, Jeff. Just give me yeah. that acknowledgement. Over on Super Mater Brothers podcast. On Super Mater Bros. Bros. podcast. We did a three-hour episode, guys. He's not going to do it. But you know what I mean, Jeff. <laughs> do you? What do I, no. What? He's not going to do it. Jamil's not going to stop. This is our Curzon and Dax. Yeah. Kind of like Sylvie and Loki. Yeah, so yeah, like there, you go. there you go. <laughs> okay. Continue. I didn't want to ruin it for uh, spoilers. Um, man, it's a week and a half, man. Yeah, it's true. If you haven't watched it yet, I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop living Watch under a lying. rock. 
Okay, so we get the the moment here where Odo says, or Odo slash Curzon says, we're not leaving. <laughs> we're staying as this. Too I bad. love being a changeling. Right. Yeah, of all the hosts, Curzon got the best deal. I mean, oh, yeah. Got, yeah. You know, and uh, so anyway, that's a that's a big moment because, like, like I said before, I, I was like, maybe they will do this permanently. Like, I mean, like, maybe that would have been a good idea. I, yeah. I kind of like it. I mean, because you still get all the Odo stuff, but he's not the same person. And then it would be really weird down the line with Kira and Odo if they were, you know, Kira and Odo was still person. You know, so anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, so we have a scene here with Jadzia and Cisco talking to the Guardian, like, what's going to happen, like, if we can't rejoin them and she and the guardian says well it's going to take a little while to adjust but should be okay should did make it i was surprised as hell by this like why yeah. would the guardian be okay with it i want to know why the guardian in the first place said it shouldn't be a problem what the fuck does the guardian know about changelings <laughs> at all yeah like how like right. <laughs> right why also why did they pick odo because odo is the one that doesn't really have a brain, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, just, you know, you're transferring consciousness here, you know? They only had one leader. They didn't it have makes, another Dabo girl to come in and be the seventh. Jake's it made no sense. That whole thing... That why he would not he should not be okay with it. The other thing too is about this about this guardian guy Jeff was that he shows up and says we've been trying to get Jedzia to come back to the homeworld for some time to do her Shintara, which made me think about okay, but um, Curzon apparently had his Shintara way later in life because he said he was talking to a younger Cisco about it. So why why I don't understand the timing. Is there a certain year you're supposed to do a Shintara in, or a certain amount of time after you've been joined? Um, that part was weird yeah, to like, me. How old was Curzon when he got the Dax symbiote? Did they ever explain that in this show? No. So no. he might have got been a little bit. Older, well, it would know? it would have been before he met like um, Kang and the, and Koloff and those guys, presumably. Kang, that's a different show. Kang the Klingon, you know, Kang and <laughs> Kang Koloff the, and Co and Kor. Oh, Kang the Conqueror. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Watch the three-hour, three-hour um, super. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know to tell you, Jeff. Three-hour Super Mater Brothers episode that just recently aired, talking about Loki. Don't you dare miss it. Don't miss it. We we break every episode down. We get right into it. Uh, okay, so we get this confrontation scene between Rom and uh, Quark, which Davis played the sound of a few times. Um, you know, remember that brother. Remember uh, that brother. <laughs> yeah. All the Hulkamaniacs out there, we want Nog to go to Starfleet. You know? I love it. <laughs> Let me tell you something, you brother. do anything to hurt Nog again, I'll burn the board to the ground. Yeah. I am a real Ferengi. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Here, here uh, um, Just a thing on that, because Rom is played by an actor named Max Grodenchek. Who I understand is a very excellent baseball player in real life, almost went pro. Is it possible he would have played minor league ball with a young Lanny Pofo, um, or uh, aka or Randy Pofo, aka Randy Savage? Yes. What? The Randy, Randy, Randy Pofo. 
Randy yeah. Poffo is Randy Savage, right? And Randy Savage right. nearly became a pro baseball player. Nearly. He played minor league ball. Is it possible that, that he crossed paths with Max Grodencheck in his day? And Max Grodencheck was bringing his best Savage, his best macho and not man. Hulk Hogan. It was more macho, man. Maybe it was more macho. Maybe. Yeah. Um, possible. Don't know that for sure. Maybe it'll come up in fun. Facts. It's a theory. It's a theory. I'm gonna we're gonna test it out if we can. If we ever okay. get a chance to ask Max Grodencheck, did you play baseball with Randy Poffo? Right. Ma- Max Grodencheck was gonna join us on the show, but we, we ran out of time. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> we have uh okay, we have the big scene here where Odo finally admits that uh, Odo slash really Curzon admits that, uh, yeah, you, I was in love with you and that's why I kicked you out. And when you reapplied, uh, I was great, so happy because I was able to kind of help you out. I was able to fix that mistake that I originally made based off emotion and not logic and, and all these different things. But he's still going to stay in his body. That's kind of like, you know, because we also have the scene before that where Jadzia goes to talk to Cisco. And she's like, what is up with Curzon? Like, like, what do you, what do I need to do to convince him? Like, no, I need my memories back. This is messed up. Right. He's like, you know, every time this ever happened, it was kind of different. He was, he would either laugh and admit I was right, or he would get furious. And then he would eventually admit I was right. You know? So you need, what do you want to do? Jitsia? Do you want to confront him? Or do you want to just allow him to walk all over you? And, and so I do like that scene quite a bit, but from, again, from, cisco's point of view like like jitsia is kind of going through the motions in this episode and, and sorry guys uh what do you guys think of that i'm sorry i'm talking with my hands i gotta do the jitsia i gotta do I gotta... <laughs> it's fine um how did we feel about that moment with the revelation um yeah i just i i felt they should have like leaned in and like with why he he actually liked her or fell in love with her it was just basically you're a brilliant really good looking woman that was basically it like yeah that's it yeah. it that seems so shallow like yeah. for but, someone who's so experienced but he's a creepy he's kind of a creepy old man like they they, oh. they really <laughs> lean into that not just in this episode but in general okay curzon is kind of a horn dog and he you know like kind of it he died tra- seeking jamaharan yeah like and like he kind of has the tarias in him like enjoy the finer things in life and stay up all night playing tango life's too short things. to deprive yourself of the simple pleasures shouldn't he shouldn't dax be jadzia be more angry with him like literally huh. this she has had like this crippling insecurity for so long and he, to hear that she nearly lost it what she she was fighting for for so long because he had a crush. Like <laughs> she, she should be, she should be, she should be really angry with him. Really, is the truth. <laughs> Even though, yes, he did sort of the right thing eventually, um, <laughs> or he tried to make because up for sh- it because hard, it was shame. Hard. It was shameful. He was he was ashamed. That's why he did the right. And thing. And so perhaps the the shame uh, that he felt is why it's suppressed as a memory. Maybe. Like, Maybe. like let's go with that. So it makes sense. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um okay shouldn't the uh, end result of to... this okay go ahead i'll, I'll come oh, no, no go ahead go ahead jamie i'm sorry no you're you're getting to the plot point that i want to discuss i was gonna get to the the rom nog okay so you're not gonna discuss brings... that part yet 
Um, I'll wait yeah, till you so discuss the the Curzon Dax, you know. The, the like when they like when she walks in like he's like oh it's so great to be a changeling this is amazing and all this kind of stuff like is that what you want to talk about no i, I want to talk when they they come to a resolution okay uh okay so she basically kind of guilts him because she should be guilty him because what he's doing is wrong and messed up and odo's also kind of responsible because they do say that they're both making like that's what Curzon that's what Curzon Sasha Odo says like it's both of us making this, these decisions. Um, do, do, I can see what you're up. saying. Like there's the, the strong personalities have shown to take over these people's bodies. Like Cisco has a very strong personality, but uh, Juran was able to to still you know do things that Cisco didn't necessarily want him to do. So we're just assuming in the past when it was with um, Trills that they were able to, um, you know, have an equal partnership and the person could take over. But we've seen the last two instances that is not necessarily the case. We're just led to believe it. Right. And and she, she kind of makes the point that Jadzia and Curzon can be together again. Like, that's what you want. That's, you know... He's like, she's like, yeah, like, well, she's like, she's flattered that he had a crush on her, right? He's like, no, it's nice that you had this boner for me. But now that was never meant to be. We were meant to be together as the two hosts of this Dax. So. Let's be friends. So let's just do that. If that's what's good, to, if that's what I have to say to you to get you to agree yeah, to like, let's undo this, then that's what I'll say. She's used to friend zoning people. Yeah. Everyone on the station seems yeah. to fall in love with her and she has to friend zone them. So That's her skill. Shit. He yeah. was probably like, I'm in love with you. And she's like, God damn it. Not again. <laughs> so she's married from there. Something oh, yeah. about Mary. Yes. That's a really yeah. good point, Ashley, because, and it's kind of goes to what Dave said earlier that like they didn't, didn't trust her ability to have a depth of character. So it was always like, Oh, she's a pretty girl. And they even say that in this episode that, and that's why people like that's the conflict of all her problems. She's a pretty girl. Somebody falls in love with her. Yeah. They really fucked up with her because they, she did show that she could do it when they brought Worf in and her character became really strong after that. Yeah. And, and not one dimensional and not like, the same kind of old thing over and over with her and, and so yeah i agree like they kind of i don't think they trusted the actress but they should have because the writing is what allows the, the actor to be able to really flourish with it and if you're always giving that well this person was in love with you and that's why nothing never went right for you i think it's kind of a one-dimensional way of writing the character they wouldn't do that for kira you know so yeah. No, because I think they look at Nana Visitor Nana as uh, someone they can who could handle some meteor drama and scenes and dialogue. Because, um, like, I, I think even like Terry Farrell would admit to this, like saying like when she came in, like you know she couldn't really like match like Avery Brooks in every scene that they were in oh, together. Man. <laughs> right well who can right and so you know it's um i think that i think part of the tragedy and part of like the hurt feelings maybe between like the showrunners and, and terry farrell were part of like throughout like season four and five 
and six, they were doing that whole Worf and Jadzir storyline, which I think was very successful and did a lot with Dax. They were giving her all this trust and everything else. And just when they got to like that pinnacle that she left the show because she wanted to go do Ted dancing. So, um, you know, I think that that was like the betrayal. They're like, we, and we helped build you. That's not why she left the show. I know. Thank I'm not you. saying that that's why she left the show. the show because she wanted to go and do Becker. That's not why she left the show. She left the show because of the producers. Yep. Dave, that's what you were implying yeah. with your sort statement. Of. Yeah. Sorry. What, what am I implying? You, you said that she left the show. They, that right as they were giving her trust, she left the show and betrayed them. That is not what happened. They betrayed her and she left the show. Well, because that's she wasn't she, gonna play. Well, I I don't know if I agree with that. That's what uh, she says. That's what she says in what we left behind. But if you watch that scene when she says that and that the and you look at all the other cast members, they kind of look at her like, okay, Terry, okay. You know, like it was about it was about money. You know, it, it, that's really what it comes down to. It was like they didn't want to pay her what she was what she had earned, you know? Yes. Okay, well then and, that's a betrayal. <laughs> right, you can say that. Right, I agree. You know, well, I think but a lot of these things are, you know, yeah, two she, sides of the story. Yeah, like that was her decision, and and uh, I, you know, fan, I don't care. You know, who gets paid? You know, that's not my issue. And if that's why she left, that's why she left. You know, I is that if that's the producer's fault, then so be it. But it's also her fault because she said, you know, I don't want to do the show for blank amount of money. I, I think you know? people so should get paid what they made that decision. Pay yeah. what they deserve. I, I, and if she yeah. wasn't <laughs> getting that and she decides to leave, all power to her. I don't blame I'm not, her I'm not even her. so much taking yeah. sides in it. I'm just saying that I think I that am. I am. Well that's fine. You can you can do that. Uh <laughs> um I'm just saying I'm not. Uh I, I think that they probably it's a contract dispute like at the end of the day. Dave if she was getting Dave, paid Dave, less than Jake. Yeah. Dave you were also you, you, saying yeah, you were also saying that, like, basically, when she started, she kind of sucked, and they built her up. They in their they in started. their minds. I'm not yeah. saying like in their in in like I'm I'm not even saying she necessarily sucked as much as maybe she thought she sucked, but um, but I, she, you know, right. But what I'm trying to say is that when she got to the end, she had done better, and and she was the character. She made the character her own, and the, and it was the writers felt that it was. The, their responsibility and she felt like she had a, a big part to play in it too and, and so i think that they, they might home. might have felt i'm not saying i'm not saying this is the right thing but i think they might have felt like they she owed them for helping build up her career is that not possible i i think their feeling is wrong but it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong i'm saying it's possible it was part of the story so it's like it, it doesn't matter whether we approve of it. It's just it's it's like um, it's just a matter of whether they who, how they saw the situation at the time. Um, but if you start your first job out of college and they're paying you minimum wage and and you do well and you're there for six years and you start doing all this new stuff and you're like, hey, it's time for a raise. And your company is like, no, we built you up. Fuck you. You owe us. We're going to pay you crap. You don't actually, you don't need to make the point to me. I don't, I'm not taking their side. I'm just looking at the perspective of them. No, but I, I'm, and I'm arguing against that perspective. Okay. Yeah. When you have an ensemble cast as big as Deep Space Nine or the Avengers, or you have a sports team, somebody's going to get paid the least amount of money. Unless they That's band just... together 
and demand right. that the people who are underperform, uh, underpaid, get their their rightful due. If they're like right. Did union. that happen? Did, 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 did the DS9 I'm, cast stand up for Dax and Terry Farrell? Did they? So, I so I wasn't doesn't seem like it. Let's <laughs> let's trash them too. Where were you, Cisco? Where's that yeah. jazz hands <laughs> fixing the situation? So they, just get a, get another, they got another pretty face to replace her because that's how they thought of her. Well, yeah, and that's a great point, Dave, because that, that is how they thought of her. But she was more than that because the they didn't trust the writing for some reason with her. And, and it's just like we'd rather do the Nana Visitor episodes, uh, the Kira episodes, than the Dax episodes. And I like the character Dax. She's more interesting than Kira. Like, Kira has some kind of boring episodes. Okay? When, when they gave Dax, her we... more meaty stories, her character got so much better. Like, she rose to that occasion as an actress. So, in retrospect, isn't the issue the fact that the poor writing of Dax led to the underwhelming of the character, and when the writing got better, we were able to see that the the actress was able to rise to that same level. So I agree um, with that. In retrospect, what they should have done was get better writers, and then they wouldn't have had this problem in the first place, and then also pay her the money too. They could have done both. Yes, they could have. Okay, and that's we're all agreement. Jeff, go ahead. Okay, so let's talk about uh, how a uh, proud Papa Rom bringing uh, Nog into Quarks with his uniform on without a com badge. A little premature. How, how proud? What's that? It's it, a little it premature. A little it's kind of like bringing in your son that's not in the military yet, and he's already got like the full uniform on. Or he's, a, or he's a, like he's going to the police academy and he's already dressed like a cop and like a full thing. Like he's but like, at least he's sent in his application. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's, <laughs> So he's Hightower, not Hightower. Um, who was uh, Huckleberry? Who was basically oh. pretended to be a cop, even though he was he was still in. You know who I'm talking about? The one who had all the guns. Yes, uh, Tackleberry. Tackleberry. Yes. <laughs> Tackleberry. <laughs> uh, he's basically in cosplay. Um, okay, and that's pretty much, you know, other than the root beer moment where Nog orders a root beer in court. Wait, wait, Dave, what did you think of Garrick's uh, job on Nog's uniform? Did it Does it pass? Um, it's okay. Uh, you know, I would have included a replica com badge. I, I don't know what Rom paid for it, but I'm thinking it was pretty good. So it was, you know, not, not cheap. Uh, I thought, I thought it looked, uh, it looked all right. I thought it was, it was a nice gesture. This, like, this particular cadet uniform was new when we saw it. Uh, it was a little different than the one like Wesley Crusher had worn in the first duty. Um, so it was, that was kind of neat. I thought, uh, just to see like sort of this update on the, what the cadets are wearing these days. I have to say, I yeah. like Nog way more than Wesley Crusher, even though he's not as smart, uh, especially according to O'Brien. Um, I think I that like, makes us like it more because Nog's way more relatable, like, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. than a Wesley like, Crusher, Wesley who's like a, like a savant, a boy genius, yeah. right? Like, he's the valedictorian, Victor- you know? Yeah, most like, of us aren't the valedictorian. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, then we get kind of the final scene where Odo goes to talk to Dax. And I actually really like this scene because. Odo and Dax don't really have a relationship. I mean, throughout the whole show, they don't have a lot to do with each other. And I think 
No, it's, in, it's, it's actually implied that they do because she sneaks into his quarters all the time and moves his furniture around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She messes. She's a prankster. Yeah. Yeah. But on screen, uh -huh. they don't. They don't do a lot. No. I'm messing no. with God. <laughs> <laughs> and they would Is probably it... get close after with Odo and Kira because she is close with Kira. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Isn't yeah, it strange but... that? Um, as adventurous as Jedzia Dax is, there was never like. I wonder how a changeling is. I. <laughs> I'm, okay. I just I think she just like I'm not going there with Odo. Yeah, I don't uh, think Odo has the right personality for her. Maybe another changeling would be her type, but not this changeling. Okay, well, that's a great yeah. point that you just brought up, Jamil. Because what Thank Odo you. says, what, you, what what Odo says to Dax here, it's like ah, I never realized like why you humans love to stay up all night playing Tongo and eating and sleeping <laughs> and all these different things. Uh, basically, he's not interested in those the finer things that life as uh, Tarias would say. He's, Simple pleasures. Simple pleasure. He is simple pleasures. Whatever. Um, he's more interested in you know detective work and logic, and he's got you know. But I do think that these two characters are the best representations of Spock. Uh, oh. On Star Trek, that you know, like since Spock, you know what I mean. Like we we have the 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 Odo kind of stoic no emotion, stoic, um, not really interested in being human, but isolated. But knows knows that he is kind of human, and then we get the the Dax angle of it. That's kind of a, got all these religious um, feelings towards her, her culture, and we're learning about that culture all the time. Uh, when we do find out about her, like when we get the odd episode, kind of like we with Spock, when we get the the odd mock time, you know, same kind of deal. So I do think that it's kind of the meeting of the Spocks, and it's kind of interesting because Terry Farrell's married to Leonard Nimoy's son, so. Uh, very interesting. Anything else about this final scene that you guys take? I just thought it was really solid. Really good. Um, my only issue is after this episode where basically she's joined or she's joined back with someone who loves her or is in love with her. She didn't feel freer to be more flamboyant or like, you know, this looks good on me. I know it looks good on me. And she like, <laughs> she could she could have leaned in a bit more on that. On that I'm just yeah. saying like, she's like, I'm wearing red today, you know? Spending an extra few yeah. minutes in the sonic shower every morning. Right. I wasn't going that far, but hey. <laughs> this whole thing where she she like knows what's now like it it is to be a changeling. She has like some of those memories now from yeah. hers. Or she's more sympathetic to Julius. <clears throat> like, I know how it feels to love me and not have yeah. me. But she also yeah. knows she also knows how to screw with Odo now, right? Because she knows what Odo doesn't like about his like his shape-shifting uh, furniture. So she like that's, that's why she moves it around. She moves it around. <laughs> so she gets him back. Remember when you had all my curse on memories and you wouldn't give him the back Odo? I'll get even. <laughs> that's Jedzia. That's not curse on. That's Jedzia. There could have been a whole bunch of funny yeah. plot points that came out of this. Yeah. Lower decks, come on, please. Come on! Like the whole, <laughs> you know, lower decks. We're we're expecting lower decks to do a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lower lower decks do us the second part of this episode. But yeah, <laughs> yeah redo this. <laughs> if Is they that frozen. 
He might be. Yeah. So maybe. I could use this time to talk about lower decks and how I wish they could just go back and just redo. They need two separate lower decks uh, series. They need one that just continues what lower decks is doing, and then also I'm trying to be as quick as possible before it comes oh, back. Whoa, 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 hold on. I'll, uh, uh, we'll just we'll, we'll make it quick here. Uh, show. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Let me keep going. In the meantime, um, and then a second lore decks uh, series where um, they can just recap and redo uh, plas- pass <laughs> plast um, plot points that I wish they went in a different direction, like an elsewhere's. Okay, Jeff, you can continue. Welcome back. Welcome, uh, sorry. Like a Star Trek What If? Yes, yes, oh, that would be so awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah, like what that if Gen awesome. uh, yeah. ever died? Um, okay. Hey, there's we can, they, they can still do that. What? Oh, what are uh okay so let's go into fun facts okay not to be confused with details discovered by dave oh not to be just dis- okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> okay number one the okay sorry. The scenes involving yeah the scenes involving cisco as duran had to be shot twice because the producers were unhappy with the first set of dailies the reason for this was they felt avery brooks's performance was quote too creepy. Okay, so he, okay, so this is the pulled back version. We got the pulled back version here. Back version. Oh my god! How intense did he make this? You're a pretty girl. Oh, I'm gonna play it. You're a very pretty girl, Jasmine. He wanted an Emmy. Pretty. Very pretty. He wanted an Emmy. He was like, Anthony, Anthony Hopkins won it for Hannibal Lecter. I'm getting it for this one. <laughs> I'm even suspicious of the word pretty now after that. <laughs> oh, now you are. It's the way he says pretty. it. Pretty. Well, now you are. Pretty. Do you think of me when you play your music? I'm glad. <laughs> Does it look like Mike Myers could probably do like a parody performance of this? Okay, yeah, so, it's, I'm glad. I, I didn't finish this fun fact. Sorry. According to visual effects supervisor Gary Hutzel, Brooks spoke in an almost inaudible whisper. So he went, Pretty, 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 Get back in there, Avery, and do it again. Do it better. Yeah. Release the dailies. We can hear you this time. Yeah. <laughs> Release the dailies. I, we need those. Uh, okay. Uh, to achieve Odo's new look after he embodied Curzon, makeup designer Michael Westmore got a photograph of an actor, Frank Owen Smith, who had portrayed Curzon in Emissary, and digitally morphed it onto Odo's makeup. Pretty good. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't realize it was digital. Um, okay, Odon slash Curzon orders Tranya in Quark's bar. I this is apparently the same drink served it. by Balak to Captain Kirk, Dr. McCoy, and Lieutenant ba- uh, Bailey aboard the Fasarius in Star Trek, the original series episode, The Corbinite Maneuver. It's Balok. It even appears, it, it even, oh, whatever, it even appears to be the same color. And nobody cares about your grammar. Gram- well, maybe they made some contact with the First Federation. It definitely looked like peach juice. Here's some Chartronia. I hope yeah. you relish it as much as I. <laughs> Actually, that kid sounds a lot like Avery Brooks in this episode. <laughs> 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 
You're very pretty. Very pretty. Jadzia. Virad Dax, the hijacked Trill host from Invasive Procedures, does not appear as one of the Dax's former hosts during the Zentara. Where was John Glover? The reasons behind this are left unexplained in this episode, but it may be that Virad never never fully joined and therefore isn't really a part of the Dax symbiote. Um... Like yeah, I mean, like had it for a day, you know, because it it went it went into him and then went back into Jedzia. So maybe it's just kind of wrapped up in Jedzia's memories. So maybe when Ezri, we never got to see Ezri's Jintara. They never did that on her uh, in that seventh season, which is surprising because almost every episode is about her. Yeah, <laughs> and they so. could have brought like like not Terry Farrell back, but they could have had somebody pretend to be Jedzia through a host. Odo, and then he he morphs into Terry Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe when you, maybe when, uh, when Ezra has her Jintara, she would meet John Glover and uh, Terry Farrell, because um, they're kind of wrapped up into one a little bit. They morph into like a an amalgamation. Yeah, amalgamation of those two faces It'd be a little scary. <laughs> um, okay, no, so- no, Jadzia or, or Odo houses Jadzia, and then Odo. And Worf, Worf together. Oh, that's disturbing. <laughs> Lower decks. We're writing the season Lower for decks, you. Do you okay? Do you think like Odo would have went to Worf and said, "I know you miss Jedzia, and I could have her memories put into me, and then we, I, I can become like a hybrid of me and her." I've done it before. How disturbing do you think Worf? Disturbing do you think Worf would be? Can I please have a seed where Odo is brushing Worf's hair? <laughs> Where Odo's the Audrin character? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it would have just been better if Odo had been all the hosts instead of them passing it around to the different actors. With wait, Juran as Odo? Yeah, that yeah, just like just Ren Ambergenwa plays every one of these. Like it would have been a seer killer in a killing machine's body. It would have been. It would have been like that one with uh, Brent Spiner and Faces, where you had to play all the different uh, masks yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Okay, so in the scene involving O'Brien as Tobin, Jadzia mentions that Tobin had, quote, the most original approach to the proof since Wiles over 300 years ago. Regarding Tobin's work on Fermat's Last Theorem, this appears to be a nod to Wiles' solution to Fermat's um, Last Theorem, which had just been published a month before the airing of this episode. The mathematical formula had previously been mentioned in uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard's uh, uh, in TNG, The Royale who referred to it as uh, having remained unsolved for over 800 years. Sorry. Okay. You're welcome. Uh, this episode originated with Iris Stephen Bear, uh, his desire to do a version of the 1976 Daniel Petrie television movie, Sybil, in the sphere of DS9. Sybil was a psychological study of a woman played by Sally Field, who, due to traumatic childhood, suffered from an extreme form of multiple personality disorder uh, and had at least 13 different personalities. Bear thought that this would be a fascinating approach from which to examine Jadzia in a new light, and he assigned Rene Echeverria to write the teleplay. However, at first, Echeverria couldn't shake the notion that if Dax suddenly started to experience resurgence of her past hosts, there would no, uh, there would, uh, sorry, there would need to be a reason why. In the case of Sybil, it was a dark psychological trauma in her past, but Dax had already had one such trauma revealed this season in Equilibrium, 
and Echeverria felt that it would be unacceptable to present viewers with another nasty experience from her past. Echeverria next came up with the idea for the Jintara ritual, but originally the ritual involved simply the suppression of the Dead Ziad hosts and the resurgence of the former hosts, one at a time within Terry Farrell. This meant, however, that the episode was essentially going to focus on Terry Farrell with her simply playing different various characters, and Echeverria was unhappy with this because it meant that there could be no interaction between Zedzia and the previous hosts. They were unhappy with it because they didn't believe in her, Jeff. Okay. Once she, quote, once she became <laughs> my theory, host, he said, quote, once she became each host, it was kind of okay let's sit back and watch dax beat this person now there was no in true interaction between jedzia and that host end quote it was then that echeveria hit on the idea of using the cast regulars to embody the various hosts coward (laughs) 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 it could have been a really cool episode for terry farrell you know to yeah. do all those different things. <laughs> Coward child. <laughs> Sorry. Patience, child. She'll have her time. She'll have her time. Uh, this is the last episode of the series to be directed by Cliff Bull. What happened to him? I don't know. All right. Uh, this episode continues the plot involving Nog's attempts to get into Starfleet, uh, which began in Heart of a Stone. It also continues the evolution of Rom's tendency to stand up to Quark. Uh, which also began that episode. So, what do you guys think of that? Looks like he went on to do a lot of Voyager Cliff Bowl, including the episode oh. Tuvix. Oh, let's see. Very similar. We just it, Second Tuvix mentioned, um, mentioned here. Yeah. Just, but we need, like, do, I wonder if he did any Babylon 5. I'm going to find out. Janeway is a cold-blooded murderer. Okay. <laughs> he's never had he, He's never had to scrounge that much for food. Um... You could also argue maybe Jed Z is a bit of a murderer here, you know? But that's no, because you're saying like the new Odo, um, Odo Curzon is like a new life? Kill Curzon, sort of. But they both separate pretty easily, and they're both like, okay. seem to have, they were able to, I don't know. How to... I want to make an important point here about actually a line of dialogue in this episode. At one point, I think uh, I think it's Cisco says like, oh yeah, Curzon was a great guy. And and uh, da- uh, Jadzia kind of corrects him and says, "Yeah, he is." So she still believes that he's alive, you know, like through her, you know, like that's the whole idea. Okay, uh, this episode reuses elements from Jadzia's past already established in previous episodes. Leela and Joran have been mentioned in Equilibrium. Jadzia's troubled in- initiation, eliminated by Curzon and then reapplying, was first mentioned in Playing God. Ebony and Audrey and Tarias would be mentioned again in subsequent episodes. Well, just more more stuff there. Uh, the uniform Rom had made for Nog had a com badge when it was in the gift box, but Nog wore it to the party without the com badge. This was the first appearance of the gray Starfleet the ca- uh, cadets' uniforms, albeit not one issued by Starfleet. The real one, which indeed is the same design, appears in Homefront. There's a uniform. So, but it's, it's the same thing. It's just this is what it was a replica, you're saying. Uh, is it? <laughs> he was cosplaying. Uh, he was cosplaying. Uh, okay, so Mark Barrett portrayed the background Ferengi Lonzo in this episode. His costume was sold off at an online auction. It was previously worn by Lee Ehrenberg in the episode The Nagus. Is he related to Major Barrett? Maybe. Uh, okay, and finally, guys, this is the final episode. 
as Cisco in the rank of commander. He's going to be captain next episode. It's happening. Next and we're going to celebrate. It's going to be, you know, um, and they all get, they, well, a few of them, they all get promoted actually pretty soon. Uh, not in the ex episode. I guess it will be for the season four premiere where Dax and, and um, uh, who else? I think Bashir gets promoted from lieutenant junior grade to full lieutenant. So lieutenant. that's exciting. Okay, well that's it for double F with Jeff. All right. Well let's say let's uh let's let's get some ratings going on here. Oh, that's the wrong picture to take down. Here we go. Uh bring it up. Jeff, you want to start us off here with facets? I think I'll probably I like this episode. I'll give it an eight. I'll give this uh an eight and a half. I'll give it a eight. 8.1. Nine. Nine. Gotta stop taking my ratings. You gotta put me first. All right. Nine. Nine. <laughs> All right. It's an 8.5 average between the uh, five of us tonight. It's pretty good. That's, uh, that's, that's, de that's definitely brought up the season three average. And Cliff, good old Cliff Bull. Uh, as we wind down this third season, I'm calling this a Dax slash Nog storyline. All right, and Jeff, next week we have the adversary to finish off season three. Yep, we're getting into the Dominion. Do you remember that episode being good? Um, yeah, yeah, it is good. It is, it's good finale. It's a kind of like I, I never thought of it as a finale episode, but it is. Yeah, I was a little surprised it, by that. It does kind of like not stand out as the finale because all the other finales are really good but it's a it's needed it's so it's such a major transition like he becomes the captain there's a lot of stuff with the dominion that gets set up that needs to happen so yeah well it's also like we're we're, we're two episodes away from wharf showing up we haven't really talked a lot about that either well, um that he's I think, I think well i do think that season this finale feels like a premiere like the tomorrow yeah next week's yeah you know it feels more like a premiere but the adversary yeah right um because like you think of the the way of the warrior which is a which is a premiere it's a two-parter that's what's going to be happening after that you know where he goes full hawk he's not just a captain but he has no hair on the top of his head anymore and uh and and now wharf is here uh you know to join the crew and it's a whole new day and the klingons are gowron's gonna be back in the mix it's it's an exciting time Whoa. <laughs> come on like the soundboard is gonna be full of gowron soon <laughs> you patak <laughs> it's gonna be gowron at nine -ish. yeah it's yeah, gonna be gowron at nine ish uh i want big eyes everyone's big eyes and expressions <laughs> Glory and, to you and, and, and your to, house. And to think they had to tell Avery Brooks to dial back the creepy. <laughs> yeah, I Aaron like, amp it up. As far remember as that comedic can... character that was set up in the House of Quark? He'll be back. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. So next we have the adversary, uh, Dave. What do we have on all of our podcast networks? Well, here on Live Long and Podcast, we talk about Star Trek in all forms, all over the place uh you know we've been doing different podcasts to cover the different shows both uh past and 
first run as they as they air. Uh, so on Mondays, uh, formerly Wednesdays, we were covering Star Trek, the original series, covering every episode in order, uh, or not in order, sorry. Uh, last night, we just did uh, That Which Survives, which was the third season episode. So you can go into all the back catalog. If there's an original series episode you want to watch, you can find out our opinion podcast to go with it. Same with like the Star Trek movies. And, of course, Deep Space Nine, which we've been uh, filling in and doing more of. There's other shows that we will be doing, including, like, Star Trek uh, Next Generation, Star Trek Enterprise, and some other things as well. Voyager is probably going to happen in the distant future. Uh, plus, next month, Jeff, Star Trek Lower Decks coming back. Uh, August 12th, we'll be covering that. Jamil, and we'll have some special guests to help us cover the different episodes that are going to be airing on Thursdays on CTV Sci-Fi, as well as uh, Paramount Plus in the States, and uh, Star Trek Discovery after that, Star Trek Picard after that, lots of different things. Plus, Star Trek Radio Theater will be coming back off of hiatus in the near future as uh, we're going to be doing the episode Cause and Effect as our next, uh, our next episode. Good episode. Data figures out what to do because Riker was right. Right. It's, it's in, it, the whole thing, they have to die over and over again because they can't imagine that Riker's suggestion is better than Data's. Also very similar to Loki. Time loops! <laughs> Time loops. <laughs> yep. And different things. And Kelsey Grammer shows up. But no one's hitting the balls. Yeah. Yeah. No one's you have tossed salad and scrambled eggs with Kelsey Grammer showing up for the end. Too. Plus, <laughs> Jeff, on, uh, we have a Super Mater Brothers podcasting. Yes, Jamil. We have that other channel, you know, and like we're all we're yeah. there three times a week talking about Big Brother USA season 23. Check that out every Sunday, Wednesday, and Thursday as that show airs on CBS and Global in Canada. Uh, Jamil's got his key right there. You can check that out. It's quite the season so far. It's never too late. Um, if you if you look at Frenchie, he's he's a contender. Um, <laughs> Frenchie's going home. What did you say? Contender uh, he's more of a, a a chicken tender, I believe. He I he's not. Chicken strips. Yeah, uh, he's not doing chicken so strips. well. Oh my god, I'm on the block. So check oh that. Oh my god, that's that's how he talks. <laughs> Plus, we've also we uh, on Super Mario Brothers podcast. We also talked about Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, we also we just did uh, Loki, as we've been talking about Black Widow. We've done Wandavision and uh, and different things. So with uh, with our different panels. Uh, Ashley's and Jamil and Jeff and different people participating in those. And then um, I think that's everything for Super Mater Brothers Podcasting. Plus, Jeff, Trivial Debates, our third channel, where uh, this Sunday you're competing uh, in this in this, in this this edition of Trivial Debates with Michael Connor hosting. Are you excited? Answers are in and none of them doubled with Jody, so I know I'm right. What, what, what category are you most excited to argue about or to, to discuss? Oh, uh trying to remember the questions uh the i think it's the history question no wild the, card question the wild card the, question what was what was the wild card question again what conspiracy theory is most likely to be true that seemed to be oh, one that was I'm up gonna, of your alley you're That's gonna a, hit uh, you better win that one because oh, we'll that, be disappointed well, that, you. i can't i can't um i don't know what mike o'connor thinks i never even met him so I'm just gonna make my case for my thing and that's you that. got this jeff you got this jeff you can do it you can represent tuesday Okay, I'll do okay. it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Tuesday. The Tuesday podcast. Day, right? Like, right? Like, Against those Monday night guys, Jody and Adam. Oh, I see. Yeah, no, they're going down. 
It was a reach, Dave. I don't know if that was good. Yeah, I don't know if that was good. <laughs> Maybe if you throw a bass line over it, a little singing. Uh, no, I don't got anything like that. Sorry. I like it. Slap it to bass. Slap it to bass. I have uh, Outback Steakhouse. That was about it. What? All the fixings. Wood Fire Grilled oh, Outback Steak. Plus the brand new Outback Steakhouse Margarita, the Grilled Pineapple Rita. <laughs> Fake potato. All the fixins. All the fixins. <laughs> Do the fixins one. Do it. <laughs> you know. Baked potato. All the fixins. I can All smell the- it. I love the way he says baked potato. Smell it. That was disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> I cannot wait till we got to see some buffs back in action. Yeah, we haven't done Survivor in so long. It's been a I don't, while. I'm not excited. 26 days is not. I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to see the scene. The the. I want to see it, but like 26 days. What are they doing? Anyway. Yeah. Neither here nor there. So is that it? Are we done here with facets? <laughs> Have we have we come at this from a multifaceted point of view? I think we have. Yes, I agree. Okay, good. So, all right, next week we have adversary. Join us then. The adversary. I have been your host, Jeff Mater. For all of us here, Dave Mater, Jamil Robinson, (laughs) and the tag team couple, Kevin and Ashley Ballard. Live long and podcast. Remember that, brother. brother. Oh, thank you.